following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Mick Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Nikki Spagnola. And it is time for Mix Shots. Bill Jones, Mickey Spagnola, Everson Walls, and what a great time to be a football fan in America as it is football time not only in Texas but all across the great USA. A lot of people didn't think we'd be at this point eventually, but we've got cut down, one of them. <laughs> cut down day <laughs> in the NFL on Saturday. And the Cowboys have begun preparations as we speak for the Los Angeles Rams a week from Sunday. Mickey, it's a great time to be alive in America, isn't it? Oh, it certainly is, Bill. And you know what? We had football outdoors on a grass field today for practice. So uh, moving right along, that new field is uh, down and ready to go. Uh, didn't rain any here this morning, so the Cowboys were able to practice outdoors. And, yeah, I don't know if everybody thought we were going to get to this point, uh, but we're here, and it looks like, uh, it just might work, at least for this first week of the season. Everson, we're getting this season ready to go just under the gun, just like Mickey got here for mix shots just <laughs> under the gun, right? Well, whether I like it or not, I'm the pessimist of this group. And I must admit, I didn't even think we'd get this far. So I'm a little bit optimistic now. Uh, my, my optimism was a little bit uh, tapered today because I thought Mick was going to miss the whole show. All right, so you want me to pull back the curtain and tell you what happened? <laughs> yes, we please do. I was please in do. dire need uh, to go to the eye doctor because my glasses, I sat on them. And they were no longer workable. They were about in bad shape as my bicycle, Okay. So now, so you uh, haven't been riding your bike, so your ass is probably pretty big right now. Yeah, right. right. No, I've been riding the stationary bike. <laughs> you know what? Well, I tell you what. You, 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 head, you tried to. I got a headset to, to use now because I was going to use Derek uh, Douglas Barraclo's office because he hadn't been coming in. Well, he came in today. So anyway, I had an eye doctor appointment and I rushed back here just in time to do my. Uh, fan report that's usually at 12:20, but it was at 11:20 today because uh, I think the uh, Rangers had an afternoon game. Yep. So I walked in just as they were going to me, and then I told them I have to be done at 11:30, and so we were done at 11:30, and here I am. I don't know about that, uh, Spags. If if this was Eddie Robinson or Tom Landry, you would have been fined. If you're on time, you are late. Let's remember that, <laughs> sir. <laughs> yeah, and for Joe Avizano's on time, I was ten minutes late. <laughs> and Mickey, there are a lot of people. There are a lot of people who think you sat on your glasses a long time ago, and so they're very happy to hear that you now have glasses where you now, can actually I get some see new ones, so maybe you there. can see right, right? <laughs> So what's your take on uh, this football team now as we are now down to uh, 48 hours away, a little over 48 hours away from the uh, cut down time in the NFL, get down to 53, had a 
practice uh, this morning. They were in pads this morning, weren't they? Final uh, yes, padded yep, practice? Yes, they were. Preseason and uh, got another practice on Saturday, but obviously the decisions will be made by then on this 53-man roster. Yeah, absolutely. And they started making the decisions yesterday. Uh, I believe it was up to seven uh, guys that they uh, released. And really the only two guys you know, of, of somewhat note uh, would have been Devin Smith, who was on the team last year. I, I don't know what happened to him. He, he didn't have a good training. He just didn't do anything in training camp to kind of stand out. Uh, so they they let him go. And then Adam Redman, who was on IR, the uh, backup center guard candidate, uh, they also let him go. So, uh, you know, those were the only two. Uh, you know, Mitch Hyatt had, uh, is going to need knee surgery. They released him injured. I'm sure he'll clear waivers and he'll go back on to injured reserve. Uh, so they started whittling down the 80 to get to uh, 53 and, you know, if you look at it, Bill, you know, they, they've got a few decisions to make uh, here and there, but n- nothing major, I don't think, and I don't see any, you know, we get to this point and it's always, well, is there going to be a veteran that's going to get let go that you didn't expect? And I, I, I just don't see that happening. Now, Devin Smith, that was a young man from Ohio State, correct? Correct. Right. And he Wide made receiver. the team. Remember, he, he had the really good game the first game uh, he, he got in there. Uh, and then he, he kind of faded, and one of the reasons why is they, they, he didn't play special teams, and so they started using uh, Ventel Bryant, who, by the way, a couple days ago suffered a knee. Well, it was at the Cowboys night, right, Bill? He suffered the, right. the knee injury in, in the warm-up drills. So, uh, yeah, it was a shame because I thought this guy had some talent, and he certainly I did, too. Speed. I did, too, Spags. I yeah. really did. And they just couldn't find a, a spot for him. So, you know, maybe they it was one of those things where they do a veteran, kind of a veteran guy a favor, let him go early, give him an opportunity to latch on maybe with somebody else. No, that would be a good thing because, uh, you know, and, and Bill will talk about it. Uh, you've got a great talent coming in as, as C.D. Lamb. Uh, that kind of ups, ups the ante just a little bit. Uh, you got to bring it now. Uh, whatever you were doing last year, which was, you know, somewhat adequate. Uh, he had that touchdown, first game of the season. Beautiful touchdown, by the way. Gave us a lot of hope and optimism for him. Then all of a sudden, you don't hear anything from him for the rest of the for the entire year. And now here he is in training camp. You got C.D. Lamb coming in making plays. You've got these, this great wide receiver core. You got to step your game up a little bit. Uh, you got to do something different from last year. Because now you've got all these studs coming in here from college, and you've also got two studs that were already here in Gallup and in Cooper. So I guess he just didn't step his game up. Yeah, and then if you factor in the fact that uh, Cedric Wilson was was uh, healthy and really didn't – he was one of the stars of training camp. You know, it kind of goes under the radar. But he had a really good training camp, uh, former, I believe it was sixth-round pick, Boise State. Uh, and then Noah Brown kind of came out of nowhere and, and had a good camp. So there's your five right now. So now they're questioning at wide receiver, are you good with five or do you want to keep a sixth guy? And and and, and so we'll see where that de- decision goes. I'll uh, point out we are on Periscope as usual. I'm monitoring Periscope, so if you have any comments, any questions, I can pass them along. I'm also uh, monitoring Twitter as well. I'm at CBS 11 Bill Jones or uh, McShots. You can uh, uh, 
uh, follow along there and ask any questions as we go along. So at the wide receiver position, you're, Mickey, you're thinking they keep five, the obviously the big three, Cedric Wilson and Noah Brown, uh, and then and when, what happens with Ventel Bryant? Yeah, we'll with see uh, with his uh, injury situation with the knee. I mean, he might be a guy that you say, gosh, I really liked him. I can just put him on injured reserve uh, at the final cut. Uh, and, and remember, injured reserve this year is a little shorter, and there's uh, more uh, movement that can take place there. Uh, so th- they may try to keep his uh, try to keep his rights because I think that uh, they liked what he could do. Yeah, and he was another guy that would you know the reason he was active at the end of the year. He was a special teams guy, and that was something that, like I said, Devin Smith wasn't. And Cedric Wilson, you know, he would be one of their top two punt returners if you figure C.D. Lamb, if they're going to allow him to do that. But if they don't want him to do it full time, uh, then uh, Cedric Wilson was doing it some last year. Uh, So, yeah, five for sure. And then we'll see where I'm not sure anybody else is. uh, You know, John V. Johnson had a, a really nice last couple practices. I don't know if that's going to be enough to get him on the. Uh, 53-man roster, but I think it could get them on uh, the practice squad. And remember, the practice squads expanded this year to 16 guys. And you have four spots that have no limit on accrued seasons. So you could put a veteran on there uh, if he clears waivers. Is it four or six? I thought it was six spots. Or six spots, you're right. Sorry, yes. Yeah, and so... I mean that's huge. They're now, but they can protect up to four each week, right? Correct. Uh, so, and then the other aspect, maybe we go through this uh, practice squad situation. It's all because of COVID. Uh, I mean, you got a 53-man roster. They cut down two on Saturday. Your game day roster is going to be 55. So there's two players that uh, can be promoted from the practice squad. Uh, to the game day roster, and then you can put them back on the practice squad without them having to clear waivers for the coming week, right? Right, and if you keep eight offensive linemen active on game day, you can stretch that to 48-man roster for the game day instead of 46. Yeah, wow. So, um, so anyway, and that's... uh, so it's going to be very interesting. Of course, the cutdown is on uh, Saturday afternoon, and then they clear waivers, what, by noon on Sunday? And then that's when the 16-man practice squads are being uh, put together. It's going to be interesting with veteran players. I mean, you can be a crusty old uh, 15-year <laughs> veteran. Easy like on in, that crusty old, okay? <laughs> and, and, and be on the practice squad. Uh, I like that. No, no, you're exactly right. So uh, the waiver claim ends at, at 11 o'clock, and then at noon you can start signing guys uh, to your practice squad. And, Bill, that was one reason, and, you know, you were there Sunday night, and you understood what they were doing. Uh, one reason why, if you're going to put 60 guys, 16 on your practice squad, you're probably not poaching off somebody else's because you haven't seen those guys. So you want to keep as many as your own guys uh, probably as you can, and they just didn't want to expose those guys out there uh, because the, it was being streamed, uh, Bill Jones calling everything. So that's why there was no numbers <laughs> on those jerseys, right? Because Bill would have been all over all 80 of those guys that were playing, and they didn't want to help out the opposition. Bill, Bill, please don't help out the opposition, okay? Well, yeah, I, I made sure. <laughs> You're of that. so accurate in everything that you do. This is a time that we need you to just That's be right. 
And, and, and by the way, Sean McVay, uh, he admitted in his press conference, I think it was yesterday, that he did watch the Cowboys scrimmage. Uh, and reporters asked him about it, and he said they didn't show anything. And so mission accomplished as far as the Cowboys are concerned. <laughs> Way to go, Bill. I know, I know fans out there. You it had to be aggravating because you're thinking you're going to be able to watch the scrimmage. I never had advertised it myself that we're going to be seeing a scrimmage. It was Cowboys night. This is Cowboys night. This is your chance to watch Cowboys on the sideline. And the whole reason for that was answered in Sean McVay's press conference uh, yesterday in L.A. where he said, yeah, I watched and they didn't show anything. So there you go. Hey, those other teams pay attention to what we do here. And, you know, we get a lot of access uh, to do stuff on DallasCowboys.com. So, uh, yeah, th- th- you got to watch out for that. You know, last I don't know if I told you this story. Uh, I was going up from the sideline at AT&T Stadium. The Cowboys were playing Philadelphia. And their radio analyst, um, former wide receiver, and he, he got on the elevator at the same time and – uh, all I said, hi, introduced myself. I said, I remember you when you were playing. He goes, oh, I know I know who you are. He goes, we, we, the week of the game, we tune in to DallasCowboys.com all the time. He goes, you guys are really good. <laughs> I said, yeah, we probably give away. You're really good at spilling all the secrets. That's what they're telling you. Yes. So you, gotta, you have to tone that down just a little bit. I got to yeah. admit, guys, I was very uh, uh, tickled by uh, this little cat and mouse thing that we have going here. I mean, here we've got this, this dire situation here in this country, and uh, that lays out certain rules for different teams to abide by. And here they are trying to pull the, pull the wool over everyone's eyes. And, and <laughs> this, is, this is just gamesmanship at its finest. This is what I'm seeing right now. So we don't care what the heck's going on off the field at this point as much as, you know, it is pretty serious. Let's see how we can sneak some plays in. Let's see how we can sneak some practices in and still be as undercover as possible while being right out front with everyone. I think that's pretty doggone ballsy coming from all the different coaches. Uh, McCarthy is one of them. I had Spags. I'm sure he didn't do it. But I thought it would be interesting to see uh, what uh, teams that had new systems coming in, if they played the same cat and mouse game that uh, McCarthy did uh, for the Cowboys. So, uh, Spags, I'm sure you didn't do it, right? I didn't, I didn't have time, but I'll guarantee you. <laughs> you sat on your glasses. Of, you couldn't see anything. That's yeah, well, why. that's true, too. Uh, <laughs> there, there was a lot of teams that probably didn't have scrimmages that they televised live like the Cowboys did. Because here you have, the, you know, in a normal season, of course, the preseason would be an opportunity for not only new teams with new systems to come in and practice it uh, during other, uh, other squads. That's a good thing, but it also, you got to show your hand when you do something like that. Well, of course, now you don't have to show your hand. Uh, oh, I'll put it like this. You can show your hand, but you just show the back of your cards. You're not showing the front of your cards. Is that how they're doing it? Well, yeah, and think about this. Everson, you know all about paranoia, right? Because at the old practice facility with the hotel at the end of one of the of the field. The day's uh, in, right the off days of 635, in, right? yes. Yeah, Tex would buy out the second floors because he was worried the Redskins during Redskins week would have a spy up there renting a, a room to watch practice. And I, I believe that's true because when you start thinking about George Allen, the late George Allen, former coach of the Redskins, when you think about all the antics that he pulled 
while the Cowboys and, and Redskins were having their rivalry. I could see him doing something like that. Do you ever you know have what? to take a cold shower at RFK after a game? <laughs> uh, no, I have not. No, <laughs> thank goodness for that. That's old school. Walt Garrison told me the story. They came in and the, after the game and the shower, the, the hot water was turned off, and he said, I ain't getting in there, and he just kind of got on the plane with all the grime on him. <laughs> Probably in his uniform, if, if you yeah, know Walt right. Garrison. <laughs> you know, about uh, spying on other teams or whatever, there's all sorts of different ways that teams uh, can get information about other teams, and Rich Dalrymple, prior to the Cowboys night broadcast the other night, reminded me, of a story from uh, Super Bowl 28, uh, Jimmy Johnson. Uh, you know that was a year that the Cowboys. Uh, there was there was only one week in between the conference championship games and the uh, Super Bowl, and so the Cowboys went straight to Atlanta uh, for that week. And so Jimmy, one day that week, Jimmy Johnson was in his hotel room, probably drinking a Heineken or two, and uh, <laughs> it had his TV on, and there was a television report. There was a, a TV reporter who was broadcasting from the Bills practice site. You could see the Buffalo Bills practicing in the background there. And so Jimmy starts looking a little bit closer at the screen, not paying any attention to the reporter, what he was saying. He was looking at what's going on with the Bills back there. And he he sees them run a shovel pass to Thurman Thomas. Jim Kelly with with a shovel pass to Thurman Thomas. And he said, whoa, wait a second, what is that? So he called Butch Davis up and said, Butch, in all our work on the Bills, have we seen them throw a shovel pass? And Butch said, no, they, they have not run a shovel pass. There's no time this season they run a shovel pass. Okay, so fast forward to Sunday in the Super Bowl, and the Bills run a shovel pass, and James Washington was right there to put a stop to it. Uh, they had a similar play later uh, in the game that wasn't a shovel pass, but it was a similar concept. And Leon let forced a fumble. James Washington picked it up and ran 50 yards for a touchdown. Two huge plays in the game, but that wow. shovel pass was something that they picked up just off a local TV broadcast. Well, Bill, um, let me let me tell you opposite paranoia of the Bills. So when they were in uh, the Super Bowl the year before playing the Cowboys, uh, it was in Minneapolis, right? And they were at uh, they were practicing indoors at the University of Minnesota. And I was the pool reporter for the AFC team. So I got to watch practice and just basically write a sanitized report. Well, the uh, Bill Polian and their security guys saw the lights come on on the second floor where the uh, Minnesota coaches' offices were. And they went crazy. They went and found somebody to go up there, close those curtains, and turn the lights on, right? And I was like, oh, wow. So the next year, they're practicing at Southern Cal. And the Southern Cal uh, football field they were practicing on, uh, at the end of it, was the, uh, the campus pool. Yep. They wanted them to shut down the high dive because they were worried <laughs> that somebody would have been spying on on the on the practice, right? And so I'm watching this and they're I mean they're going nuts. And then the next thing I hear is there was a, a dormitory, a high rise dorm, and there were students out on the balcony that overlooked the field. They wanted them to shut down that dormitory. Don't let them out there. And I'm thinking 
you ought to be a little bit more worried about stopping Emmett Smith than worrying about the students that probably don't even have any idea what's going on on that field. And I was right because they didn't worry about Emmett Smith or yeah. Troy. Well, I mean, you know, you talk about uh, the shovel pass, you talk about all of that. It didn't make much of a difference in the game. I mean, those were big plays, Bill. As you mentioned, they turned out to be. But to me, those were just uh, stat plays. By that time, the game was pretty much already out of hand. Well, no, no, this is the game in Atlanta. This was the close one in Atlanta. Ah, oh, interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and so, yeah. Uh, they, they, the Bills needed to be more concerned about that TV reporter <laughs> doing a stand-up. <laughs> right, right. Could you imagine back. someone on the high dive with a with a big camera on his right? shoulder? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to get. <laughs> and you know how laid back people in LA are. I'm sure those students had no clue what was going on. Yeah, but I was that. I was interested in watching it. Right, and I remember. You know, they, they practiced uh, pretty light, and I know Jimmy had them knocking heads over at UCLA. And so the, um, I want to say it was the Thursday practice, maybe it was Friday, and they weren't in pads. And I looked out on the field, and, and Shane Conlon uh, made, made eye contact with the coaches on the sideline, and, and it was like the practice was running a little long, and he held up his wrist like this, and he had a watch on. And it was like, hey, time to quit. And I'm going, this team's in trouble. Oh, wow. yeah. Uh, you know, it's not like they hadn't lost one uh, Super Bowl already. Yeah, no, they had lost <laughs> two already. <laughs> They're on their way to two more. That's All right, right. We're just getting started here on Mixed Shots when we come back in a moment. Just how full will Dak Prescott's plate be this season? Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Make the most of summer with Ford, America's best-selling brand during the Ford Summer Sales Event. With great offers on a huge selection of Ford SUVs and the largest selection of truck inventory to choose from. Get huge offers across the Ford lineup. So grab the family and head out. Ford's helping you make the most out of summer. It's easier now during the Ford Summer Sales Event. Based on 2019 calendar year total sales. Based on auto data compact and full-size stock inventory as of June 2020. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. 
Back, back to mixed shots. Looking for something to change up your dinner routine? Help support local Frisco businesses by choosing one of the Star District restaurants. For information on delivery, takeout, curbside pickup, and dine-in availability, visit the thestardistrict.com. As we continue here on Mix Shots, Bill Jones with Mickey Spagnola and uh, Everson Walls as, uh, yes, the uh, Cowboys, what are, is it now 10 days away? Yep, it's September 3rd, September 13th, the opener against uh, the Rams in that brand new stadium in L.A. And then the home opener the following week against the Atlanta Falcons. It will be here before you know it. And uh, basically, Mickey, they've started preparations on the on the Rams and uh, Mike McCarthy with his uh, press conference at 7.15 sharp this morning. I know you uh, were tuned in for it, weren't you, Mickey? I was sitting there watching it, as a matter of You were sitting there. there. So this was this was like an in-person. Uh, it was well, no, it wasn't in-person, but we've got No, no, but it was uh, in the press conference room. Yeah, it was Reporters in the, were there. They've got a new system now. Instead of just calling in to the WebEx number, uh, they've set up a spot in the in socially distance in the press conference room with a big screen, and uh, I, I believe Mike can see us and we can see him, and uh, it, it's a little bit more organized so everybody's not talking over each other uh, trying to ask a question. So on a regular basis during the season, are they going to be 7:15 a.m. press? No, I think I hope to God this was the last one. <laughs> That's a that's an early wake up call, by the way. I guess you can watch it at home, but then by the time it's over, you got to rush here to the, for the start of the eight o'clock practice. So I usually get here around ten to seven, seven o'clock in the morning, which means with a half hour commute, I was getting up at five thirty in the morning to to get here. And uh, we thought we were done with him, but he surprised us and had another uh, early one uh, today. But I think normally they're going to practice at, uh, I think, 10.30, 11.30, whatever the Cowboys were doing last year. I think 11.15. Those will be the normal morning practices. And, you know, he likes to go outside, so uh, they rushed to get that, that field that had a fungus on it out of there and laid down an entirely new sodded field like in two days. And, and it's ready to go, and they practiced on it today. They practiced outside? Today. Yes, okay. absolutely. Okay. This, is all, this is all while the rain was happening and, and all of that? Uh, they welcomed the rain uh, the other day because that new sod was sitting there. I guarantee you those blades of grass were clapping to get all that <laughs> free water like that. You, right? know, you know, there's a reason there was a hole in the roof. <laughs> yeah. For that nice grass, that nice natural grass we had on the on the on the floor, well, yeah. Good Lord knew that uh, <laughs> that that sod was in and needed some rain, and so the rains came this week. Well, here's what I want to know. Here's what I'd love. I want to know here about you and uh, uh, Jerry Spags. I mean, you guys were like squeezing each other's. <laughs> you guys were squeezing each other's apples before the social distancing and everything was going on. Huh? No more intimate meetings. I'm glad you were reading because, you know, everybody uh, and Jerry talks about all the protocols they go through and, you know, the testing that people have to do here that are around the team. 
uh, each morning when they come into the facility, if you're in Tier 1 or Tier 2, and then masking up, right? And so when we – and Bill knows when we walk around the, the hallways here, uh, you know, you got to have your mask on. So I was getting in the elevator the other day, and the door – uh, it was like, oh, wait, hold on. It, it was Jerry, and he was getting in the elevator at the same time, and he had his mask on. So uh, don't think just because you own the place you don't have to, uh, you know, go through all the protocols. And we stood on each side of the elevator because the sign said no more than two people in the same elevator. And so Jerry and I rode up together, but he had his mask on. Okay, uh, Mickey, what did you make out of uh, what Dak Prescott had to say at his press conference uh, yesterday? In particular, you wrote about it in uh, Mick Shots, uh, the fuller plate that uh, appears that he may have received. Yeah, it's, uh, everybody. See, everybody keeps asking about the changes in the offense, and you know, every time Dak or, or Mike answers the questions, it's like, you know, we're going to use a lot of what we did last year and just kind of add to it, right? And and why not? The the offense was pretty good. The problem was, yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> they moved the football. They just didn't score enough when they got in the red zone, right? Yeah, but it was true. the number one offense in the National Football League, the number two passing offense. So when Dak was trying to explain what might be different, his explanation was. I'm getting more control of what we're doing on the field, like in two-minute uh, drills, you know, calling my own plays uh, during the game, getting the plays that I really like uh, and coordinating with uh, Kellen Moore. And it sounds like Mike McCarthy's kind of encouraging that uh, to give him a little bit more authority. And, you know, we forget about it because it seems like he just got here yesterday. This is his fifth season. You know, this is a guy that and, and, and has started – what every game for four years so we're talking about an experienced quarterback and uh so they're giving them sounds like more leeway in in decision making in game and on the field uh when it comes to play calling you know and we can talk about Dak and 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 the the offense and all of the excellence that we had seen last year and even some of the mistakes that we were able to uh to view but uh, let's just face it, guys, and, and we, we always try and build up a particular facet of the game or a particular individual in a ball game. We, we dwell on either their greatness or we dwell on their failures. What I learned all while I played is that I don't care how great you are as a quarterback, you're going to have to have some help. And if you don't have help, you're going to be great all by yourself. And that does not lead to wins. One thing that you saw last year, Tom Brady, uh, average season, but he played with a great defense, and that's what got them as far as they went. Uh, anytime you see a team that is coached well with uh, very few penalties, uh, they might have a culture of being a smart team that doesn't shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, you can also look at other teams out there that have uh, – all three facets of the game working together, offense, defense, and special teams. How many times have you seen special teams in a critical part of a game, especially during the, the playoffs and where the games really have significance? Have you seen that, that special team come in and put your offense in a great position or pull them out of the hole that they could have been in, whether it's for a great return or whether it's for a block? Something that makes a difference in a ball game. Of course, we are, I'm always harping on turnovers. 
These are things that the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL have been privy to in regards to their teammates and other facets of the game. So while we're looking at what Dak is doing, we must look at other facets of the game. We're talking about the uh, practice teams and, and what you're able to keep. We're also talking about probably starters playing special teams. Because at this point, we've shown that our special teams has not, except for the kicking game, our special teams has not uh, really shown up for us. And we leave it to our offense to make 80-yard drives every time we get the ball. There has to be a moment in this organization to where we realize that there are other facets of the game and they all go together as three. They all go together. And if we're going to go to a championship, we can't just depend on our offense. We've seen that. We must, we must have other facets of the game working for us this season because that's the only way you're going to get past the Baltimores, the Rams, the, the 49ers, all those teams are, that are well coached through every asset of the game, every facet of the game. We got to have that. We must. You know, uh, Nikki, one of the things that I noticed in the in the practice on uh, Sunday was in the two minute drill. It seemed to be pretty crisp. And, yes. Uh, so what have you noticed throughout uh, your couple of weeks of watching the team practice in terms of the two-minute drill? You know what? It's almost like the entire practice is a two-minute drill because Mike McCarthy's big on tempo in practice. Uh, not only tempo of running a lot of plays, but I think it also has a conditioning aspect to it, that there's not a lot of standing around. There's not a lot of, a lot of times there's not a lot of huddles. You know, they're running different guys in and out. So uh, from a, from a two-minute uh, standpoint, yeah, they do practice that. Uh, but they also, uh, the tempo in practice picks up greatly. Uh, and it's like sometimes I, I catch myself writing down, oh, they're in two-minute. Well, they're not really in two-minute, but uh, it's, it's the pace that they go at. But, yeah, and, and the thing that stuck out to me from Sunday uh, was the fact that He's got a lot of trust in Blake Jarwin, his tight end. He'll go to him in those two-minute drills, and they're not little dump-off passes. You know, he's putting them in, in, in situations to get down the field, and I don't think that's any secret because that was his strength last year uh, when he was catching passes. But I thought that was a good sign that Dak has confidence uh, in, in, in his tight end uh, who's trying to, you know, make his way in, in the NFL. Uh, you know, the other thing is is using Zeke, and that's no surprise. He caught 50-some passes last year. You know, I keep hearing people say, well, you know, Zeke's, Zeke's deal was uh, when he does his interview, it's like, yeah, I've been practicing catching the ball more. Uh, I've been practicing lining up and doing it as a wide receiver a little bit more. And it's like, oh, they're going to start throwing the ball. Well, they he caught 50-some passes last year. It's not like they ignored him, and a lot of them weren't dump-off passes. Uh, so the versatility to this offense, I think, helps, Bill, during a, a two-minute drill. And these guys seem to understand that when they catch the ball on the sideline, you get out of bounds, right? You don't turn up field like someone did the year before or two years before. <laughs> well, one thing you have to realize is the Cowboys are going to need that change of pace, Bill, uh, and Spags. They're going to need that change of pace uh, there are times last year where uh, even though the offense was playing great, there were times when we fell into a little bit of a lull. 
Uh, we just kept trying to do the same thing over and over again, falling behind and then having to come into the second half with all of these passes and the up-tempo offense. There's a time to do that in the first half as well. I think what Coach McCarthy is doing, he's trying to work on his tempo controlling the game and not letting the opposition's defense control the tempo of the game for our offense. I think that's a, a really good uh, uh, practice uh, 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 demonstration. And I think it's also good that the players and uh, offensively especially are on the same page with that because there are going to be some, some very hectic moments out there to where we can't let the, uh, that activity, uh, that upbeating activity, uh, mess with our thinking process. So if they, can, if they can be on the same page while they're in a chaotic situation, to me that's going to be, that's going to bode well for, our, for us offensively. You know, the other thing I noticed, Bill, in practices, and especially in the individual drills with the quarterbacks, um, it, they, they do a lot of drills like throwing the ball off schedule. And what I mean is it's not just taking a five-step drop or seven-step drop or catching it in shotgun and throwing the ball. They've got them doing these drills, moving in and outside pylons and cones, moving with their feet, and then having to throw the ball on the run. And it just kind of it made me think back to Aaron Rodgers, how good he was at that, right? Yeah, how good he was at that. And maybe you can practice that. And um, that's one of those drills where they, they throw into that net, and there's, there's uh, three uh, rectangular uh, pockets in there, and you're supposed to throw yep. and hit in the pocket, and you score points the more you throw in there. And uh, he's got them moving in and out, in and out, over, 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 and then throw the ball on the run. And in and, and this day and age, you've got to be able to throw the ball with your arm at different slots. Uh, and, and, and off your wrong foot sometimes. And so that's one of the drills I've noticed that I thought was very interesting. You know, it's not by accident that Aaron Rodgers has uh, been able to make those off-platform throws and different arm angles and so forth. It's something that, you, that he's practiced through the years. And there's probably some ideas that McCarthy got in coaching Aaron Rodgers that he added to, uh, to his practice regimen uh, to to uh, be able to uh, get get work in those types of situations. Yeah, and I haven't seen them throw those sky high hail marys though. <laughs> we don't want to get into that situation. Hopefully, yeah, right. <laughs> Only but at you, the end of the half. But you can imagine if if the Cowboys are going to play with the with more tempo on offense, there has to be more on Dak's plate because there's going to be decisions that he's going to have to make on the run. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the versatility they have, even with their wide receivers, um, you know, you can do a lot of different things. Uh, same thing with your tight end. So, uh, I, yeah, I think the versatility uh, of this offense may increase. You know, they're not running fancy plays and not a lot of gimmicks. Uh, you know, there's only, and Everson knows this, there's only so many pass patterns you can run, right? That's true. And, and, and it's like you're not reinventing the wheel. Uh, it's just a matter of timing and how you call it. And he's relying on Kellen Moore, uh, more and more. Uh, and so I, I think that's interesting. But he also didn't want to have to change, especially without an offseason uh, on the field, without preseason games, 
you know, if you can keep some continuity between your quarterback and the offensive coordinator, uh, I think that's huge. And as uh, McCarthy talked about this morning, uh, I mean, he came into his interview with the Cowboys with the with the feeling that he wanted to to uh, keep Kellen Moore as as the offensive coordinator. I mean, obviously, he had studied the Cowboys intently throughout last season and and knew a lot about Kellen Moore even before he met him. And uh, I thought that was interesting this morning. He was talking about, yeah, he was my guy. He was one of the first decisions I made was keeping him as the offensive coordinator. As a matter of fact, at his first interview, when he was asked about, uh, you know, keeping Kellen Moore, uh, he pointed out that he goes, I was on to him before I even got this job. And he said, I had made my mind up that if I went some, somewhere else and he was available, I wanted to bring him on. I liked what he was doing. But here's, I, I would pay for this to happen because what was the big criticism of the Cowboys last year? That the first play of the game or the first down, they would hand off to Zeke. If the first play of the year this year is a handoff to Zeke, I will roll on the floor laughing, okay? What will, what will you do again? What is I it? said I will roll on the floor laughing. <laughs> Like that was the problem. That's why that was the problem with the offense, right? Because they handed the ball to Zeke too much. Mm-hmm. And now the question is, well, with all these receivers and throwing the ball, will Zeke ever touch the ball? And it's like this is the best running back Mike McCarthy's ever had. All right, when we come back here on Mick Shots, uh, Mickey, I want you to cut down this roster for oh, me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, there's there's much more to get to as well. Uh, here's, here's all my notes right now if you want to see them. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Spags, you have no notes on what I asked you to do. Yeah, what, yeah. Have, to, no, to I, check I, what the other four teams with new coaches <laughs> were doing in the offseason. Spags is like, yeah, I'll get right on that, Walls. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> time, time just flies for some reason. I don't understand. <laughs> So, uh, so the question again, Everson, is what? We wanted to find out if all of the other teams that had new systems and new coaches coming in oh, yeah. to okay. this year, if they were playing the same cat and mouse games that Coach McCarthy did in regards to no numbers and no names on the back of the jerseys. All right, I was told by our crack producer, Chris Bean, that we were not going to break just yet. And so, Chris, let me know when we are going to. We are now. Okay. All right. (laughs) So we're back with more mix shots in just a moment. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. 
Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys, and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. What do you call a group of grown men and women who get together every week, proudly wearing the star, to share a three-hour-long ritual of cheering, shouting at the TV, and raising their Miller light together while yelling, how about them boys? You call it Miller Time and Cowboys Nation. Here's to the only beer of the Cowboys celebrating 60 years of greatness. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2020 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Back, back, back to mixed shots. Get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. Join Dallas Cowboys United and get an exclusive DCU fan pack and member benefits. Memberships start at only $20. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United to join today as we continue here. On Mick Shot's final segment, I'm uh, monitoring Periscope. Uh, tweet at me at CBS 11 Bill Jones if you have any questions for Mickey and Everson here. And uh, Mickey, you write about the uh, decisions, the roster decisions that have to be made here uh, over the course of the next 48 hours. And you don't expect very many surprises, do you? I really don't. Uh, I, I kind of went through it and, you know, uh, it, it just seems like when, when you look at contracts and, and, and the guarantees on some of them, uh, I, I don't see where you would see uh, a, a huge surprise. We talked about the wide receivers. We gave you five. Would, would, would they keep six? You know, I don't know. If And we talked about who that might be. You figure they're going to keep three tight ends, right? And that's pretty cut and dry between Jarwin be. Schultz and Blake Bell. Yep. I don't think anybody's going to argue there. Quarterbacks, would you keep three? Because Danucci's looked pretty good. They cut Clayton Thorson already, or so uh, you keep three quarter. And I think the decision maybe at running back. We know they're going to keep two. Do they want a third? Uh, you know, those two guys have looked good, but I imagine every team has a guy like that on their roster right now uh, between uh, Anderson and Dottle. Uh, you know, practice squad guys. Do you want a fullback? Maybe you want another full, uh, tight end instead of a fullback. Uh, Olo Nalua uh, has looked good when he's gotten opportunities, but there haven't been that many opportunities. Um, and then when you look at the offensive line, do you keep 10? You know, I can get to nine. I don't know who that 10th guy might be. Uh, so those are some of the decisions uh, offensively uh, that you, you, you certainly would have to consider. Okay, and then if you look at the defensive side of the ball, uh, ten defensive linemen. Yeah, I think 10 so. DBs. And I think I think like nine of them uh, seem to be, uh, you know, okay. The tenth one, I think you might have to decide between uh, your was it the fifth round pick, Bradley and I. 
and and then last year's sixth round pick, Joe Jackson. Maybe you can't have both of those. Maybe you just get one of them. And really, okay, the let's, only... Mickey, let's break it down. Let's break it down. Uh, inside guys, outside guys on the defensive line. Okay, All right. inside. Obviously, you've got Don Terry Poe and Antoine Woods, Tristan Hill, Neville Gallimore. There's four right there. Is Tyrone Crawford? What's he? Con- he's. Con- I think he's an either. Okay, so he's either or. Right. So and there's then, five guys who can play inside right there. Right. Four that are legit or for sure inside. A fifth who's a versatile. All right. Defensive end with Demarcus Lawrence, Everson Griffin, Alden Smith. There's three right there. You mentioned Joe Jackson, Dorrance Armstrong. We're up to to five there. So I think four for sure with Armstrong, and and, and then and then maybe. Either and that's why I, said I didn't the even other mention one. a nigh there. So there's so a nigh or Jackson. Go. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what it it probably comes down to there. So uh, so I just listed eleven defensive linemen right there. Right, and I and you could go long there. You go short somewhere else. You know they only have seven uh, linebackers on the roster right now. You you could make a case to keep them all. Uh, I think Francis Bernard, the rookie free agent, uh, has had a nice camp. Um, can you get him on the practice squad? I, I don't know. Um, and then what's going to happen with Sean Lee, uh, who is yet to practice? You know, does he go on an injured list to start the season? Uh, and then you could qualify keeping uh, Francis Bernard for sure if that happens. Or what if Sean Lee's ready to go and they just, uh, and I love it, bubble wrapped him, another term that we used to use that's no longer <laughs> – prevalent here in 2020 so there's there's that that but to me that the linebacker thing too i mean that's that's a no-brainer right there then you get to the dbs and i think if you look at the numbers we just talked about with three special teams guys you could qualify keeping 10 defensive backs and this one might be more uh up in the air than uh the other decisions we talked about if you think about it and we can go through that bill if you want yeah let's go let's have at it. So numerically, I'll just go from the top. You've got uh, Darian Thompson at safety, Chidabe Awuzie, Xavier Woods, Jordan Lewis, HaHa Clinton Dix, uh, Daryl Worley, who can play safety or uh, can play some some cornerback, and he had been in the slot quite a bit. Uh, C.J. Goodwin had been a uh, a corner that you used basically last year as a special teams guy. Uh, Anthony Brown, uh, Trayvon Diggs, uh, and then Donovan Wilson from last year. You liked him. Uh, it, Reggie Robinson, you drafted in the fourth round. I don't know. That, that gets you, you to wanted. 11 right there. Yeah, that gives you 11 already. And I hadn't even brought up Chris, Chris Westry or Deontay uh, Burton, uh, who uh, has shown up at times too. So, uh you know, if they go long at a position and short somewhere else, it might be in the secondary, just because I think they've got a bunch of guys there that they would like to hang on to. Especially for, like we talked about, the special teams' purposes. It seems like they're trying to get a lot of starters and a lot of experience on special teams. Are any linebackers being considered uh, to be kept on the team simply because of special teams' abilities or special teams' potential? Because well, it'd be great to have some of those studs on on uh, on, on kick coverage and, and punt return and things of that nature. 
Yeah, if Bernard makes the team or makes the you know forty six or forty eight, certainly he's a special teamer. Joe Thomas plays special teams. Justin uh, March. Justin March is a special teamer, and then Luke Gifford would play there, although he's still not practicing. Uh, he's he's been uh, nursing an injury and just kind of working on the cords. So, uh, and then other than your two starters, uh, Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderish probably mm-hmm. not on special teams. So those other mm-hmm. five guys, or four guys, because they're not going to put Sean Lee out there, uh, were basically your special teams guys. So uh, you might go, you know, you might, instead of six linebackers, you might keep seven. You know, and then there's also, you know, the what happens if somebody releases a guy and you go, oh, I would really rather have mm-hmm. him than who I got. And, mm-hmm. and so there's always that possibility. But those things don't take place, I think, until... Uh, well, they'll clear waivers, like I said, but it depends on when they release them. Sunday afternoon. Now, in regards to, excuse me, Bill, in regards to Thompson, now that was the DB that was making all the plays last year, uh, making interceptions and, 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 and practice and things of that nature. Am I, am I speaking correctly? No, it was uh, Donovan Wilson. That was the Wilson. The rookie in training how, camp. How's he looking this year? Yeah, he's, he hasn't got as many opportunities to, to, to play with the front-line guys. Uh, and so, you know, but I, I don't think they're ready to give up on him. I mean, he is a safety. Now, they've got other guys that, you know, can play safety, you know, the versatility. Uh, so, and can he play special teams? Is he a yes, good special yes. teams and prospect? He, and when he was on the 46-man the roster last year, he was a special teamer. And he was pretty darn good, too. Uh, so I would think that that gives him a, a, an inside track to remaining on, on this roster. Okay, when the when the Cowboys are are scanning the waiver wire, Mickey, at what position are you looking at? Uh, if you're scanning the waiver wire for this Cowboys team, which is the position you're really looking hard at? Offensive line, because and specifically offensive tackle. Tackle, right? right. Because other than uh, Cam Irving, uh, who's has versatility. I mean, he's actually played guard. Uh, tackle and has had his hand on the football playing center. Uh, but after him, uh, and with Mitch Hyatt uh, going to have knee surgery, and we'll see what happened with Brandon Knight, I don't know that they have another guy as a tackle that they would want to keep on the, on the roster as a backup, or even a guy that's a uh, you know developmental guy. Because um, if you if you look at it, I mean. Terrence Steele, I mean, he's one of the few guys left that's played tackle. Um, okay, so they, let me ask. Let and me then ask they you also this. have Isaac Alicorn or Khan from Mexico. Yeah, Mexico. Yeah, who's the international player? All right, let me ask you this because we all it's it's basically on this day. This is this would be the day of the last preseason game, a Thursday. It seems like. Uh, every other year, the Cowboys are making a trade. That's a quote-unquote minor trade on the around the last preseason game as you get closer to cutdown day. All right, you're say there's a young player, offensive tackle, on a team that you're interested in. You want to where you tra- if you were to work a trade and you're trading from another position group, where could the Cowboys work a trade like that? Is it from that defensive line depth that that you have where you might be able to swing something? Maybe the defensive backfield. It, it okay. does look a little crowded if somebody needed something there. Um, you know, for the, the, the defensive line that we, we mentioned, 
um, the, the guys that you might trade didn't really wouldn't have played that much. Yeah, uh, I mean you're talking year. to Joe Jackson, right? You know, one of the interesting guys is uh, uh, 79, Justin Hamilton. Uh, he has shown up at times in practice. Uh, but, again, I don't know, you know, what you could get for a guy like that. And he may be a perfect guy, a perfect candidate for your practice squad. You may not want to. You know, and, and as you say, if you, if you think you have excess – and you don't think you're going to get much for them, you you might roll the dice and say, well, I can get them on the practice squad and I can keep them. I'll tell you what, guys, I, I still have nightmares, and I'm sure that uh, Dak Prescott does as well, of the Atlanta Falcons game when his backside was never protected. We allowed a defensive lineman for the Falcons to make the Pro Bowl in one <laughs> game. He made his career. <laughs> I don't think he's gotten four sacks since he played against the Cowboys. So we, we understand how important that tackle position is. Uh, would we, uh, let's say, God forbid, Tyron goes down again, you know we're looking at some problems. I think the problem in the Falcons game was we didn't make the adjustment. That coaching staff did not make the adjustment. I think it would be different uh, here with this coaching staff, but at the same time, that's going to hurt you having to – uh, relieve other areas just so that you can show up the protection from your quarterback's backside. You think they would be willing to go as, as deep as uh, into our wide receiver position if we had to, to give up something uh, that we would go as deep as a wide receiver position because that's so attractive for us? You know, and I get that, Everson, but think about this. If you've got a good backup offensive tackle, you mm -hmm. probably don't have two of them. Uh, and and I think those are the, the that position there is so hard to find. And, and it is your 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 point's good though because think about this. So say you know Collins has had some back issues that have flared up. They flared up last year. They flared up in the off season. Say he he's not ready to go for the first game. Okay, so Cam Irving's starting. Now who's your backup tackle? And, and 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 when you look at the list, it's like, well, I don't know. Maybe one of those guards have to move out uh, and help me out at tackle. Uh, Brandon, and, and Brandon because, Knight started a game last year. Right, but as right I said tackle. earlier, that he looked like he might have done a little something to himself today. Yep. Uh, Mitch Hyatt's gone. So the only hey, other tackles are Cody Free uh, still available? Whitman. <laughs> Cody Wickman is the only other tackle, uh, and, and Wyatt, uh, or not Wyatt Miller, they cut him. Uh, Steele, Terrence Steele, those are the only two other tackles that are healthy that are on this roster. So I would keep my eyes open for that, but chances are people aren't giving up on a, on a developmental tackle because they're so hard to find. Okay. Yeah, yep. every, every team's got the same problem at offensive tackle. So, mm -hmm. Mickey, what do we? What's our schedule next week? Next week, I think we are supposed to start uh, a daily podcast Tuesday, uh, and right now it's at one thirty. Okay, uh, and, and and that might be subject to change. Uh, there's but all the all the podcasts go daily starting Tuesday. Starting Tuesday, right? We're uh, we got other stuff to do to labor on Labor Day, right? 
Yeah. So can you believe so, even Mike, Mike McCarthy said it today? I can't believe Labor Day is already here. <laughs> it, it just and he's a coach. Show, <laughs> it just goes to show the tunnel vision also that uh, that coaches have. That oh wow, it's Labor Day. Yeah, coaches you know what, love Bill, Labor Day. And, and one other interesting thing I saw I saw the other day in practice when they went inside at the Ford Center. Uh, they, they, the coaches were practicing. They were up in their coaches' booth with the headsets on uh, when they went into some of the team drill, and especially when you brought up the two-minute drill. Uh, yeah. They were up there uh, corresponding down to – so Mike Nolan looks like he's going to be in the coaches' box. He, I think he likes being up there. Kellen Moore was likes, at the practice the other night. Right, and yep. Kellen Moore likes it uh, to be on the sideline. But mm-hmm. they were practicing – uh, and, and it was interesting to watch the operation in there because there had to be, in my mind, I'm counting five guys on the front row and three on the back, and they all had some input on what was going on. It was uh, it was quite enlightening that what goes on in that coach's booth. All right. Well, we hit the ground running on Tuesday uh, with mixed shots, and it can't get here fast. Well, it can, we, we can wait until Tuesday. We can enjoy <laughs> one long Labor Day weekend, stay safe, and uh, then we hit the ground running on Tuesday. And I can't wait uh, for the start of this season. And, I, and next week we've got our bold predictions that we will make for oh, this boy. season. So, <laughs> so Everson, I know you'll have some bold predictions for this season. I'm ready. I'm we ready. Need, we need to hit, hit on some bold predictions every day next week to get And Emerson, you need to season. you need to to bone up on those Rams too. I want to. I'll get right on that, Spags. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I want you to study Van Jefferson, the rookie out of Florida. Okay, wide receiver for the Rams. All right. All right. Okay, that does it for mixed shots uh, for this week, and we will see you again on Tuesday for more mixed shots. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?